Raising our awareness of a common trap to be avoided, here is Pastor Ed Taylor. I found that one of the most common traps for you and I to get involved in division is to only hear one side of the story and make up your mind with that one side. That's a trap. That's always a trap. 100% trap. You're being set up by the enemy. You're being set up. It's something that you don't want to fall into, and it happens all the time. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You It sure is hard to resist the temptation to take sides before hearing or understanding the other side. It's a common problem, and increasingly so in our divided culture. We need to be aware of this tendency and guard against it. And today's Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor will help us do so. Join us in Romans chapter 16 as we're dealing with division. Here now with today's message is Pastor Ed. We found, didn't we, that the church in Rome was a lot like us. The church in Rome was a vibrant church, a growing church, a church that was alive with the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It was a diverse church, Jews and Gentiles, male and female, slaves, nobility. It was a great church, even as we find the different strata of society that we are, great diversity, that when Paul was writing to the church in Rome, by way of application and extension, he was writing to us. He's teaching us, bringing to relevance in our hearts and our minds the wonderful gospel of grace. And so we took chapter 16 and we divided it. Last time we were together, we learned how important it was to be connected. You and I, we need to be, we were created to be connected with one another in the body. Not to be a lone ranger, not to go off and do our own thing, but Paul, he's greeting all these people. And the neat thing about it is a lot of the people he greeted in Rome, he had never met face to face. He just knew them by their testimony, by their reputation, by what they ministered to Paul, even though they never saw him and they never met, although he was hoping to meet because Paul was a connected brother. He had a heart to connect. And so this section, this last part, as we carve it up, we pick up in verse 17 now. It makes sense that Paul ends the letter with a strong warning, a strong exhortation. He wants us to stay strong. He wants us to stay pure. He wants us as a church to stay unified Verse 17, now I urge you, brethren, you can circle that word urge, and it's a, you can write next to it, it's a strong pleading. It's a firm pleading. He says, brothers, I, I, here, considering all this, I urge you, I want you to note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. For those are such who do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the simple. And so he really urges us. He says, hey, I'm about ready to sign this letter off, and these are my last words to you. And my last words to you, I want you to note those. I want you to take note of those that cause divisions and offenses within the body of Christ. You can be sure of this. You might even want to jot it down if you don't know already, that wherever God is doing a great work, 
Well, let's say he's doing a great work in a community. Wherever God's doing a great work in a community, let's say he's doing a great work in a church where the believers are just being built up and strong and he's doing a great work in the church. He's doing a great work in your life. You're encouraged. You're blessed. You're you're just so caught up in the things of the Lord. Wherever God is doing a great work, you can be sure of this. Satan isn't far behind trying to undo that great work of the Lord. Now, of course, Satan is not our only enemy. We have a threefold enemy. We have the world system in which we live in. We have our own flesh. And then we have the devil. And the three of them work in concert. But I don't know about you. I've found that the devil doesn't always have to come looking for me. And the demonic realm and the spiritual realm don't always have to come because my flesh does a good enough job on my own. And you and I have enemies spiritually. Enemies that would want to undo what God is doing in your life. Like it's just a sweet time for you right now. Wonderful blessings, great progress. The Lord is just doing a great work in your life. Be on guard. Be on guard. Because there is an equal work to undo that which God is doing in your life. Whether it comes from the world system, always tempting you and putting things before you, or your own flesh going after that nonsense, or, you know, just the enemy coming against you with the demonic realm and the spiritual warfare that we're involved in and one of the ways this happens is through false teachers and false teachings and in general those that like to cause division in the church among us division it's ugly it's always ugly it's hurtful he says I urge you guys I want you to note those that are causing the division take note of them that's his instruction take note of them Take note of those that are causing division for whatever motives. He doesn't even talk about the motives. He doesn't ask you to examine their heart. He doesn't trust. He just take note of them. Make sure you take note. Whatever you do with those that are causing division, the first thing to do is take note. Note them causing division. Paul loved the church so much that he warned them about those that would cause division. Division and offenses, contrary to sound doctrine, hurt. And you know, when we talk about those that cause division... There are some people that right away going, come on, Ed, come on, come on. Aren't we supposed to be tolerant and open? And and shouldn't we have an open mind toward people that have different opinions? And We're not talking about different opinions here. We're not talking about minor disagreements here. We're talking about those that cause division in the body of Christ. It's ugly. And Paul says, I want you to note them. I want you to take note of them. The Bible doesn't instruct us to be tolerant of false teaching and false teachers and those that cause division and those that cause offenses. Now, the word division is interesting because it really means what it says, divisions, those that cause divisions. You can circle it and write next to it, discord, schisms, factions, and a general separation. That's what divisions mean. Those that cause factions, those that cause schisms, those that draw people to themselves, those that are always, they just seems to be, they, they, they just seem, well, wherever they go, there's division. Wherever they go, there's tension. Wherever they go, it just seems, they seem to make you want to have to draw sides and, and make sure you take sides. One, mark them, mark them, mark them, note them. And then offenses. I thought, just in the English, that that word would mean what it sounds like. Those that are offensive, those that seem to cause a little bit of trouble. But that's not what the word actually means. In the original language, the word refers to people that entice to conduct that ruins the person. So the person that causes offenses actually is like a trap is being set for you. It refers to the trigger in a trap 
that when you put the bait on that trigger, the bait there is then marks the trap, trips the trap, and then once the animal's in there, it's over. And so those that cause offenses, those that seem to trap you, those that seem to draw you into their problems, those that seem to cause division and offenses. So when you think that through, those that cause offenses, those that cause division, it's just not good. It's not a good thing at all. These two things bring a vibrant church and a strong Christian to a screeching halt. And I know some of you have been involved in some of this stuff. Some of you, you know, you, you kind of caused division and the Lord ministered to you. you. You repented. And then some of you got caught up in other people's division. And you understand now that's all you think about. Now that's all you deal with and you can't believe it. And I found that one of the, one of the most common ways in the church, one of the most common traps for you and I to get involved in division is to only hear one side of the story and make up your mind with that one side. That's a trap. That's always a trap. 100% trap. You're being set up by the enemy. You're being set up. It's something that you don't want to fall into, and it happens all the time. And you don't need to go there. You just say, hey, I don't need to take sides. You know, sometimes those that cause division, those that are causing offenses, are, are a little mixed up. They're struggling with something. They're dealing with stuff. They might be a little confused. And let me just say this. You don't have to allow other people's confusion to be your confusion. They're the one that's confused. What we need to do is just point them unto the Lord. Because you know why? When you abide in Jesus Christ, you know what you get? Peace that passes all understanding. The Bible tells me that God is not the author of confusion. So if I'm wrestling with confusion, what I need to do is come back to the Lord. He'll clear it up for me. He's able to make things decent and in order for me if I'll just turn to him. But the trap is set is when we hear the situation, we go, oh, I can't believe it. Oh, oh, oh. Well, you haven't even heard the other side yet. What do you mean? Well, you can't believe what? You've only heard one side. And you're being set up to be divided. And there's just, there are those that come through that just seem to want us always to take sides. You've got to take a side. No, no, I don't. I'm reminded of Joshua as he's dealing with the battle going on. And the angel of the Lord, Jesus incarnate, he comes. A pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus comes. And, and Joshua says, what side are you on? And I love the answer. The answer was no. I'm not on any side. I'm, in, I, I'm here from the Lord. I'm here to point you back and to be a strength to you. And so those that do that, you got to mark them. Hey, turn your Bibles over to Philippians chapter 3. Paul says it again here and sheds some light on this. It's not just negative, it's also positive. And we want to be careful not to fall into the trap of division, not to fall into the trap of confusion or offenses. We want to be very, very careful. And Paul says basically the same thing. Chapter 3, Philippians, pick up with me in verse 17. So I draw your attention to that verse. Philippians 3.17, it says, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. So you note those that cause division, but you also note the ones that, hey, they've got a good example, that's somebody I can follow. You, it's not just negative when you're taking notes. You're noting the positive and you're noting the negative. And he wants you to note the positive notice because in verse 18 he says, For many walk of whom I told you often and now tell you even weeping that they're enemies of the cross of Christ. Division is horrible, guys. I don't know how much you've had to deal with it, but as a pastor, as a leader, we deal with division quite a bit, unfortunately. Some really small and some very large. 
It's just one of the ways that the enemy tries to disrupt the work of the church, to break a like-mindedness in a congregation, to divide and to, well, the enemy's trying to divide and conquer. You know why? Because Satan believes the Bible. Sometimes I think he believes it more than we do. The Bible says that the demons even believe and tremble. And he believes it when Jesus said that a house divided will not, cannot stand, period. We don't always believe that. We think, well, just a little bit of division, a little bit of discord. It's not, you know, it's not going to lead to the worst. No, it is going to lead to the worst. You bet it's going to lead. Jesus said, the house that's divided cannot stand. And so division has been used all these years to disrupt Christians, to disrupt friendships, to disrupt marriages, to cause major disruption, even ultimately leading to destruction. And I understand what weeping over division means. I know exactly how Paul feels here. It's never a good thing. It's never a good thing. Division usually has at its root some kind of lie. I mean, you don't like lies being told about you, do you? I mean, that's hard enough, isn't it? Because that's a division. You hear some things, falsehoods, and some partial truths or whatever it might be, and you don't like that. But it even hurts more when people believe the lie without talking to you, doesn't it? Heck, you believe that? Why didn't you call me? Well, you know, well, you know. No, no, no. The right thing to do is not to just hear one side. The right thing to do is to hear both sides. Then you can make up your mind under the Lord. And it's just so hurtful. I see relationships break. I, I see marriages crushed. I see little factions from time to time. Now, God has done such a wonderful work to preserve our fellowship over the last 10 years where nothing major like that has happened. But we've had enough little things that I can understand what it's like because division just makes you think about it. And I can't believe it. I don't like it. I understand. He says, there's many. You might want to mark that in verse 18. He says, many, there are many among us. Not necessarily in this room with us right now, but in Christendom, there are many. You know, what happens is that people, people love to join a Christian church. There are many that join a Christian church. They, they come into the sanctuary. They buy a Bible. They learn the lingo. They look like a Christian. They sound like a Christian. They smell like a Christian. Whatever a Christian smells like, they just, they, they fit in. Hallelujah, brother. Love in the Lord. Grace, peace. Look at this scripture. But all the while, they're causing division. And the sad thing is, is it's not easily recognizable at first. And there's many. There's many. That's what Paul says. Verse 19, their end is destruction. God is their belly. Their glory is in their shame. And notice, they set their mind on earthly things. They don't have a spiritual mind. They don't have a spiritual mind. No matter what's coming out of their mouths, they're not spiritual. You know, one of the reasons we have servants in the parking lot, you know, of course, is to greet you when you come in and to help you find a spot perhaps or help you with the kids getting out of the car if you need that or to kind of point the way. That's, that's a great ministry out there. But one of the other reasons we have people in the parking lot is to stop people from putting things on your cars. Did you know that? People love to come through our parking lot and put things on your car. Some weird, goofy, out-of-this-world false doctrine right there on your car. And if we can't catch them before, they come through and take them off your car. You don't even know because we just throw them away. We just take them and go, hey, look, the people of Calvary Aurora are not for sale. So don't be putting anything on their parking lot. The people of Calvary Aurora, amen. You're not for sale. We don't want some, some uh, advertisement there. Hey, here's your, you know, and you just kind of get covered. No, you're here to worship the Lord. People aren't for sale here. We don't want you to be in a place where you're stumbled doctrinally. You're built up in the Lord and you get, oh, this flyer, oh, great great thing there's some prophet came to town no 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 
Hope the prophet gets out of town. It's what we need. Selling out these arenas and coming through and go, hey, we got a word from the Lord. I got a word from the Lord too. It's right here. I don't need no energy to come. I got the word. And so you are very precious in the eyes of the Lord. And the more that we recognize your preciousness, the more that we're going to guard and protect you from division, from offenses, so that you have a place where you can worship. Nobody's putting things on your cars. Nobody's trying to solicit you, you, especially with false doctrine. I remember one time not too long ago where, it was a few years ago, where, where the flyers were all in the cars and they came up and said, Ed, we took all the flyers and said, give me one of them. And so I grabbed one of them and I called him up and I said, what are you guys doing? Well, you know, you guys teach false doctrine there. I said, what? Yeah, you know, I heard about Calvary there. Just teach false doctrine and we've got the truth. And I said, what is your truth? Well, you know that Pastor Ed, what a horrible false teacher he is. Really, Pastor Ed is a horrible false teacher, really. What did he say? Well, you know, I just heard about it. We just want to make sure the people there are well. What did he say? Well, you know, I heard, I said, don't you ever put anything on our cars again. And he said, who are you? Pastor Ed, bro. <laughs> That's who I am. And when will I ever see you back in this parking lot again? You guys. And it was a particular group, and they're just way off. And, and, and that kind of stuff happens. And you need to know that the leaders here, the pastoral staff here, the lay leaders here, we're here to help you, to serve you, to guard and protect you unto the Lord, to point you back to him. Now, in Philippians, you know, there were specific enemies, the Judaizers, the Gnostics, the, un, uh, the pagans, the, the religious Jews, and Paul's referring to them, but the reality is, is they just set their minds on earthly things, and, and you and I need to be careful, not setting our mind on earthly things. This earth is not our home. We're just passing through. We have a citizenship that's in heaven, that we are citizens of the kingdom, and it gets lived out here on the earth, but the only reason we're here is to point people to Jesus Christ, to invite them to repent of their sins and receive Jesus as their only Savior for the full forgiveness of their sins and eternal life. And so back in Romans, he says, mark them, mark them, note them, note them. Now, the heart of noting them is, for a leader, is to reconcile. Matthew 18 gives us instruction. You might want to read that chapter later this afternoon of how to go to the person face-to-face, talk to them. The heart of that discussion is not to crush them, but that might, they might repent and come back into fellowship, and we can forgive them, and we can move on. But if they don't respond, well, here's God's word to you in Romans chapter 16. I want you to note those that are causing division. You're noting those that are causing offenses, and they don't seem to be responding. At the end of verse 17, you're just told to avoid them. They're not going to help you. It's not going to be fruitful for you. You know, in general, a lot of times people that are caught up in division, when you do hang out with them, that's all they talk about. That's all that's on their mind. That's all, that's on, that's all they want to know about. They, 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 all they want to do is share, and, and, and it's just disruptive. It's disruptive for the church, and it's also disruptive for them. And you need to be careful. I need to be careful. The Bible says in Titus chapter 3, listen, the Bible says... And tells us that we're to reject the device of man after the first and second admonition in Titus 3. And I know it's difficult, but it's necessary for the health of the body. And Paul ends his letter and he says, hey, guys, watch out. Be careful. Because division is very serious to God. It's very serious to him for doctrinal purity and strong believers. 
I would say that God doesn't like division. You know, I'd even go as far to say is that God hates those that cause division. And you go, wait a minute, Ed. That is heavy. That's probably just your opinion, Ed. I bet you can't prove it. I'm glad you asked. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 6. It's not my opinion at all. I mean, when you come to Proverbs chapter 6, we actually get insight with a list of things that God hates. And so you find a list in the Bible of things that God hates. You know, you want to perk your ears up. Because as believers, we want to love what God loves and we want to hate what God hates. Because that's what's going to bring us in unity with the Father. We want to love what the Lord loves and we want to hate what the Lord hates. And so he gives this list of things that he hates. And he pick up in, in verse 16. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. And so he begins kind of third person looking at, he uses various body parts to describe things that he hates. So he hates number one in verse 17, a proud look. That makes sense. God doesn't love pride. It's what Lucifer's downfall was, was pride. And it's what our downfall is most of the time. Number two, he hates a lying tongue. And we can all agree with that. We don't like, we don't like to be lied to. We don't like lies. We don't, we don't like that. Thirdly, he hates hands that shed innocent blood. We'd agree. He hates a heart that devises wicked plans. And he hates feet that are swift to running to evil. But then he turns a corner. Now it's not just body parts. He's going to identify a couple people that draw God's hatred. The first one in verse 19 is a false witness now. First he said he hates lying. Now he says, hey, I hate liars. That's heavy. Because lying breaks trust, doesn't it? And it's hard to have a relationship when you don't have trust. And lying just, boom, cuts right to the heart of trust. I don't like to be lied to. I know you don't like to be lied to. God says he He hates the false witness that speaks lies. And then notice the last one. He hates those, the one that sows discord among the brethren. He hates it. He hates the person that goes around sowing discord. The Bible says in the Psalms, the Bible says, oh, how wonderful and how beautiful it is for us, for believers to dwell together in unity. That's the flip side. God loves for believers to dwell together in unity. He hates division and discord and the one that sows it. And so Paul closes out this letter warning them, warning us about divisions and traps. And he says, just avoid it. Don't get into it. Don't be trapped by it. If you right now, right now, this is you, whether you're here in the sanctuary, you're listening in on the radio, or even on the web, wherever you might be, if you are making up your mind right now with just one side of the story, you're in sin. And most likely you're going to make a bad decision. You need to hear both sides. Then you can make up your mind. And you can make it up to the Lord. You can make up your mind unto the Lord. You may, with both sides, still come to the same conclusion. But at least you've heard them out. And at least you've received from the Lord. Well, thanks for studying alongside of us on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. If you'd like to hear this message or previous studies in the series, stop by AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen to us through our app. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. We also offer a podcast, and look for that where you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. Each month, we try to pick out a book that we believe can be of some help to your walk with the Lord. And this month, it's Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, authored by Mark Rogop. Now, this book seeks to restore the lost art of lament and will help you discover the power of honest wrestling with the questions that come with grief and suffering. 
We'll send you the book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, when you support Abounding Grace today with a gift of $25 or more. Request it right now when you call us at 877-30-GRACE. That number again is 877-30-GRACE. And please remember, we are listener-supported. Simply put, that means we look to our listeners to help us with the cost of being on the radio. Large or small, your gift will be greatly appreciated and used to point people to the abounding grace found in a relationship with Jesus and through the study of His Word. You can donate to the ministry at AboundingGraceRadio.com or, again, call 877-30-GRACE. We continue to live stream our services at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Watch us through our app, website, or on YouTube. That's Saturday nights at 6 p.m., Sunday mornings at 8.45 and 10.45. Study the Word in the middle of the week, too, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. We can tell you more about us at calvaryco.church. Glad you've taken time out today to study the Word with us. And be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor tomorrow for Abounding Grace. Blessings to you. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.